Jennifer Polymus from Shalote, North Carolina, and this is Barbecue Central. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big, really big barbecue central show. A show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. Originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. The barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you right here on the show. You want to jump in? Phone call, email, one, both, neither. Here's your contact information to do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now, maybe 13 minutes. Been out of pocket for a month and a half out of the country, really. The creator of Barbecue Bible and the first third Tuesday of the month regular guest Stephen Reichlin will join me. We will be backing up Stephen with second, third Tuesday of the month, regular guest and creator of GrillGirl.com, Robin Lindars. Plenty to catch up with her. And then we move into the second hour. We have a second-time guest coming in, first time a number of years back. She's the pitmaster of Sugar's Barbecue. You will be seeing her August 1st and uh, with a host of other barbecue and grilling hopefuls or Hopefuls probably isn't the right word. They're all going to be on this television show called Barbecue Brawl, Simon versus Flay or Flay versus Simon, however you want to bill it. We'll be talking to her a little bit about that and getting into some of the other barbecue catering rubs and sauce and stuff that she's into. Lene Oxley Loop will be joining me. Great to catch up with Lene, big fan. And then uh, 35 past the second hour and coming out of the bullpen. As you know, in 2019, I have been very diligent in holding up my end of the bargain of doing a barbecue documentary, and we've been doing that with the creator of what is called One Sauce. That is Dion Blumenrader, and he will join me to talk about what is happening as we are bringing sauce from concept all the way to market, and he is flush full of brand new information hot off the presses. So Dion Blumenrader to close it out. Lene Oxley, top of the second hour, and then uh, 35 past the first hour, Robin Lindar, Stephen Reichlin coming up here in just a few short minutes. If you aren't following me socially, shame on you. You missed a great reveal earlier this morning. You can do it on Instagram and Twitter at BBQ Central Show. Also, Facebook slash BBQ Central Show. You can also find a video feed there as well. You can also find a video feed on YouTube. 
YouTube does have a rolling chat that I monitor as well. So if you want to be seen and uh, as well take part in some conversation, you might want to jump over to YouTube or stick right there on Facebook. No problem with me. I'll look through that chat roll as the show ends this evening and then reply back where I can. You can email as well, greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. All right, well, I don't know if you heard it. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Coming up out of the breaking news desk right here in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Greg Rempe. And if you are a fan of the Howard Stern Show, and who isn't? I've been a fan loyally since 1997 when I graduated Ohio University. Started driving to Lakeland Community College out there in the metropolis of Mentor, Ohio. And started listening to him on 98.5 WNCX here. And then, of course, made the leap over to satellite radio when he did that in, was it 2010 or whatever it was. And I have been, not necessarily under wraps, but uh, started a online correspondence slash friendship with one of the show producers, Jason Kaplan. And he had a huge barbecue blowout uh, three weeks ago or so, and it was kind of getting up to speed on that as it was actually happening. It looked like a great event. But they brought him into the show today for a segment to review the barbecue. Now, look, if you're not a fan of Howard Stern's show, you're not going to get where this is going anyway. But if you are a fan and you get what's going on, there is an extreme amount of ball busting that is going on. Jason happens to be one of us. He is a huge live fire guy. He owns a number of cookers. He's got a Lang stick burner. He's got a pit barrel cooker. He's got a Green Mountain grill. I think he's got a maybe a Weber gas grill, probably another charcoal grill. I mean, he has outfitted the likes of a vet live fire cooker should be. And like all of us, we love to entertain. We love to show off what we know how to do. That typically involves large cuts of beef, and pork, and ribs, and chicken, and everything in between. So he had a big soiree. They brought him in to kind of hammer on him. Hey, you're fat. You're always eating too much. You're not exercising. You're unhealthy. Why don't you get a grip on this whole live fire thing? Well, lo and behold, Howard Stern says, I hear you even listen to a barbecue podcast. You can hear the actual audio of it happening live. If you go to my Instagram uh, or Facebook and go into the stories, you can hear that audio right there. And he said, hey, I hear you even listen to a barbecue podcast. And he says this like it's the craziest thing he's ever. There's a podcast for everything out there on the face of the earth. The barbecue podcast should probably be one of the least surprising things that are happening and that are some of the most popular podcasts out there. And Jason said, I do. It's the Barbecue Central show. He gave a mention on the show right there on the Howard Stern. Life is complete. Goals achieved. Death come upon me now because I will be a very happy man. So I got a, a very brief organic mention. And he said, hey, I don't even know how you could do a barbecue podcast for this long, but there's just a lot to talk about. I mean, he summed it up supremely in like two sentences. Gave a mention, said, I can't believe that there is a podcast, but there's just a lot to talk about. And if you're not in the subculture, I mean, Jason, we feel the pain as you were getting hammered relentlessly and you have skin as Teflon. And like, wow, I can't believe it. He just was able to deflect and say, you know, if you're not in the subculture, if you don't get what the deal is, if you're not deep into it, it can get super steamy. There's no doubt about it. 
then it's everything isn't going to make sense. Why I listen to a barbecue podcast, why I correspond with certain folks isn't going to make sense to you because you're not in it. But if you're in it, you know what it's all about. So, uh, Jason, I mean, unbelievably grateful that you uh, gave a uh, brief mention of the show by name. Are you kidding me? Wow. That check for $13.78 will clear and is in the mail as we speak. So thanks again. If you missed it, you can go to my Instagram again and hear that audio. I mean, it's replaying all day today. So if you have a serious subscription, get after it and hear the show get mentioned right on the Howard Stern Show this morning. Now, I do need to take a minute and thank a good Samaritan named David Hill. You don't know him. I didn't know him until uh, last Thursday night. I was down at the beach, Edgewater Park, downtown Cleveland, started heading home and must have put my phone on top of the car. Never picked it back up. Didn't notice it until I got back home 30 minutes away. Called it to try and see where exactly the hell it was. And then someone answered the phone. And it was David. And he told me he had found the phone in the parking lot, was happy to return it. I didn't know how long he was going to be there and the traffic to get back to that event. It's quite a drag. So I asked if he might take it to the proper pig food truck, which I know personally, Shane and Ted, shout out, and leave it there. And he said, no problem. I'll do it right now. I quickly DM the proper pig guys, let them know that my phone was going to be heading to them on my work computer before I headed back to the beach. And look, David Hill had every chance to keep the phone, to hold it for ransom, to throw it in a garbage can, to throw it in the lake, literally, and uh, go through it, try and pill for any pertinent info. He did go through the phone, but it was actually to reach out to my most recent Facebook group chat and said, hey, I found this phone and this is where I'm at. So I'm very happy that the phone fell into his hands instead of somebody else's malfeasant hands. And maybe I'm lucky that he is a quality human, for sure. He mentioned to me that he wanted to make sure his girls saw him do the right thing and turn it in. And that's a great example to said David, and I'm very, very thankful. So I say this to David Hill of Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you for finding and turning in my phone. Easy to think that anyone would do the same, but I'm sure that's just not the case in many different instances. But with David Hill, it was the case. By the way, David and his cousin have a clothing line. So if you are into some of the latest fashions and you wouldn't mind checking them out, look at them on Instagram at Maniac underscore Vanity. That's at Maniac, M-A-N-I-C underscore Vanity, V-A-N-I-T-Y. David, mucho apreciado, my uh, my friend. And hopefully we meet in person, uh, maybe down at Edgewater in uh, one of the upcoming Thursdays. Who knows? Good things happening. Great show. Stephen Reichlin, queued up, ready to go. I'm going to talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue, a curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at Big Papa Smokers has been pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. They have 13 perfectly balanced rubs and seasonings. Whether it's something that I love like Sweet Money or Cash Cow. They have Cattle Pride. They have Money Rub, Double Secret Steak Rub, you name it. They're all there to help you impress judges and your friends and family alike. They also have a great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Putting those two rubs together gets you the West Coast offense, however you choose. They also own a barbecue sauce. You ever heard of Granny's Barbecue Sauce? You might want to check them out. 
If you're looking for a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavors remind us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. You can find it at BigPopSmokers.com. And don't forget about all the grills, right? If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, you want to check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages that nobody else can. If you're not into the pellet smokers, no problem. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. Many other ones to choose from. Look on their website. If you're not sure what grill you need, you really can't go wrong with any of those that are featured on the website. They have something for every kind of backyard cooking budget. If you have any questions, you call them, 877 877-828-0727, 877-828-0727. Or shop the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A, Smokers.com. Mr. Barbecue Bible. Out of the break, Stephen Reichland. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all of Butcher Barbecue products tested on the competition circuit as well as in backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. You visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. As we say each and every week, always trust your butcher. Central Lights, it is the third Tuesday of the month, and that means it's time to do a segment with icon industry or industry icon, TV show host, creator, and instructor at the popular barbecue university classes. The list, literally. Goes on and on, making his triumphant return back to the barbecue jungle. Indeed, it is Stephen Reichland. Stephen, how are you, pal? Good man. How about you? I'm absolutely fabulous, Stephen. And uh, welcome back here to the United States as you were uh, globe-trotting around, which we'll get into here in just a few minutes. But I did want to start uh, a couple weeks ago, July 4th happened, uh, which also saw the launch of the Project Fire TV show. So... Uh, very excited to see that out for everybody to consume visually, and just wondering if you're hearing anything from uh, people on the street as far as how they like this version versus a Project Smoke. Yeah, everybody seems to uh, like love Project Fire. I think it's a little bit broader in scope. You know, uh, Project Smoke maybe was a little intimidating for people who had never smoked before. I'm um, getting stopped at a lot of airports, not just uh, not just in the U.S. but Italy. So. All is cool. When you get stopped at an airport, Stephen, I mean, this has uh, happened to me zero times and counting. Uh, is it, hey, can I get an autograph or was it, did it used to be, can I get an autograph and now is it, can I get a selfie? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the old days, it was autograph, now it's selfie. What, do you like that? I mean, does it get a little obtrusive sometimes or are you always happy to, to take a shot? I mean, uh, an autograph for me is one thing, but a picture, you know, I mean, maybe I'm not looking my best that day, whatever, and maybe I don't want to, like, uh, take a picture, but I would assume that could be off-putting to the person asking. 
I am always happy to do it. You know, uh, my viewers, my readers, my fans make uh, enable me to have the greatest career on the planet. So uh, I am deeply honored. Right. If you ever see me in an airport, don't hesitate to come up. It'll be my pleasure to meet you. Stephen Reichlin joining us here on the show as he does the third Tuesday of every month. So as we look over the next uh, handful of episodes uh, during this uh, Project Fire, what are we going to be looking at from a topic standpoint? Well, actually, I'm working on now you because the show started airing, but we're still editing and working on the final shows. So uh, this morning, I was just uh, doing the voiceovers for two of them. One is called Chino Latino, and it's a look at a style of cooking that originated in Cuba in the 1850s when the first Chinese workers were brought over uh, after the abolition of uh, slavery. <laughs> And in, in a sense, it's fusion cuisine, but the fusion is Asia and the Caribbean. So I took that idea and kind of riffed on it. We've got uh, ribs with guava barbecue sauce. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Korean-style brisket tacos, but the tacos are more served in a Mexican manner. Um, uh, we do a, a turkey, a smoked turkey, but with mojo de ajo, the, uh, the Cuban garlic sauce. So pretty cool show. Let's see, we uh, was also working this morning on a show on uh, called Miami Spice. And again, uh, it's another sort of fusion. You know, Miami's this incredible tropical melting pot. Were uh, you uh, so. cooking in your finest linen outfits like Don Johnson on Miami Vice? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> actually, no. Uh, it was pretty cold uh, when we were shooting yeah. in Steenhatchee, Florida. So uh, I'm wearing sweaters and trying to look summery while really freezing. So, you, I mean, you split time, as we talk about on this show. You're up at Martha's Vineyard, and you're also down in I Miami. Am, this is my office, everybody, in Martha's Vineyard. You've, oh, nice. uh, you've seen the office in yes. uh, Miami, so there it is, a little simpler. but When we talk about Miami and we talk about the Cuban influence, so one of my favorite sandwiches is the Cuban itself. Is there a right way in Stephen Reichland's mind to make a Cuban sandwich properly? Well, let's see. Uh, what makes it interesting is you need at least two kinds of pork, right? You need uh, roast pork, and that pork will be seasoned with uh, an adobo, a garlic sour, orange mixture, uh, and then flavored with uh, mojo. You also need ham. Uh, you need Swiss cheese or Gruyere. You need mustard. You need pickles. Traditionally, you need Cuban bread. I will be honest with you. I don't think Cuban bread is all that terrific. It's very anemic. I like a bread with a crust with some color. Uh, there you go. Uh, about uh, uh, 500,000 Cubans will shoot me when I get back to Miami. But there it is. Uh, another sandwich I really love is called the Media Noche, uh, the Midnighter, which is a little smaller and it's on a brioche uh, a bun rather than uh, on uh, Cuban bread. So if, in lieu of Cuban bread, uh, and if you're not doing the, the uh, sandwich you had just mentioned, are you – like ciabatta guy on a Cuban sandwich I'm or French cool or what? I'm cool with ciabatta. I'm cool with a French baguette. I'm also cool with uh, cutting it in half, brushing it with melted butter, grilling it, mm. which is decidedly untraditional. They would use a plancha, but that's an extra way to add flavor too. All right, Stephen. So let's talk a little bit about jetting off, uh, I guess, to Italy first. And for as much as I had akin you, that's not a word, to uh, French Canada and French in general. I mean, we everybody knows you're fluent in French. Uh, you have been more and more uh, becoming a staple over in the Italian world. I know you had done a TV show of uh, Grilling Italy where you kind of visited, but then you also put Stephen Reichland's spin on some Italian dishes. Uh, but you're back there, and you had conducted, I guess, what was the first 
Barbecue University outside of the United States. That's right. In Italy, in Turin, at a uh, fantastic store called Barbecue Paradise in Turin, Italy. By the way, Turin, a very neat town, totally off the tourist radar. It's a beautiful 19th century town full of arcades, piazzas. Uh, very, I strongly recommend visiting it. Um, but at any rate, the real reason I was in Italy is uh, a book came out based on the TV show. Uh, it's a book entitled Stephen Reichland Grills Italy, although every other word in the book is in Italian. Um, great pictures of our travels, and uh, we had a book launch party in uh, Rome and a book launch party in Naples. So that was pretty cool. And I did the classes and the two book launch parties in my broken Italian, uh, their poor ears. But unlike the French, if you make an effort to uh, speak Italian, even if you make a lot of mistakes, they're very happy. So many follow-up questions to go to. I mean, I've uh, ventured into Canada, and I think that sums up all of my traveling abroad experiences. So when you look at Italy and, you know, from a number of different barbecue views that I get from, you know, coming in from competition barbecue, I mean, you look at Europe in general and you see there's a huge growth of uh, barbecue in general, grilling, of course, uh, which they've always done, but the low and slow, like South uh, or Southern uh, barbecue style is really starting to, to take over over there, or growing in popularity. So what is the culture like? I mean, as you put your finger on the pulse of the live fire industry out there in Italy, what do you, how do you gauge it? Well, first of all, I think there are three big differences between Italian grilling and American grilling. And number one is a, um, an, a fanatic, uh, almost a fetish, obs- fetish-like obsession with the purity of the ingredients and with seasonal ingredients. And concurrent with that is when you start with amazing ingredients, you do as little to them as possible. So the notion of a rub, a mop sauce, a barbecue sauce is not part of the Italian DNA. Mm. Uh, really adventurous recipe or very typical recipe might be a piece of fish or shellfish, you know, a whisper of olive oil, squeeze of lemon juice, some salt and pepper. Uh, now, when you get to the south of Italy, uh, it gets the flavors get a little bolder, the uh, dishes get a little more complex. But in general, Italian grilling is very, very simple. And is that uh, a is that a charcoal based grilling or wood based? Yeah, primarily yeah. charcoal and wood. Um, gas, you know, they have some gas grills, but uh, charcoal and wood. The other thing that's really interesting about Italian grilling is a lot of it takes place in the fireplace, and a lot of it a lot of it takes place in fall and winter. So Italians do not put away their grills for the season. They simply move indoors. They have a really amazing grill in uh, northeast Italy in a um, uh, a region called the Friuli region. It's called a fogolar. And imagine a raised stone platform under an onion-shaped dome on which you build a wood fire. And then you grill on a grill that's kind of on legs over that wood fire. Mm. The whole thing vented out the sim- uh, the ceiling Sounds like a setup for a kitchen, right? But that's actually in your dining room or your living room, so really? or, or a restaurant dining room. Yeah, so it's a very intimate uh, live. You know, live fire cooking is very much a part of the uh, Italian zeitgeist. So when they bring in their cooker inside, as you had mentioned, they all have a, a similar venting thing, like you're talking about. Because uh, we we would of course strongly discourage anybody from bringing a charcoal burning device into their house otherwise. Yeah, well, this is only one part of Italy uh, where they have the fogolar, and uh, it is well vented. 
Um, but elsewhere in Italy, people grill in the winter in fireplaces. There's a lot of fireplace grilling. So you're cooking over woods. You're getting all that great flavor. Um, it's, um, you know, for a guy as obsessed with flavor and whose recipes to an Italian would look extremely complicated. Uh, funny, I remember when we were taping the show, uh, one of the, someone somewhere, they served a, a piece of grilled fish with a bell pepper sauce and the guy was horrified. Mm-hmm. How can you dilute and camouflage the pristine flavor of the grilled fish with a bell pepper sauce? Well, I was like, yeah, right on. And you know what? Let's make a bell pepper hash and put it on top. Just, <laughs> just different styles. Um, so from a, what about the low and slow barbecue kind of stuff? Is that something that's like in there or not so much? Oh, it's very big, but oh, okay. obviously it's a complete import from America, and they are just they they are at the stage also where Germany was about uh, ten or fifteen years ago, and Holland is uh, way where they are trying to duplicate, uh, replicate, and duplicate uh, American Southern style American barbecue. Mm. Um, and there's some very good, uh, very good barbecue out there. I'd say brisket is sort of. Uh, more challenging because Italian briskets are much leaner and drier uh, than our briskets. Um, but what will be interesting to me in sort of the next maybe five years when somebody says, hey, let's use the American low and slow smoker and smoke, but let's do it with Italian flavors and try and come up with something, an Italian take on that. And I know it's coming. You think that'll happen over here? I do think it'll happen. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, from a book standpoint, uh, certainly all of us in the subculture know who you are. I mean, you're top name in the industry. And if you, you know, make a book appearance, uh, people are lining up to have you sign, take the pictures we had talked about a little earlier, but you know, in, uh, in Italy, for instance, uh, I mean, does the name hold the same kind of weight or the, the line still is robust, what's the reception like there in a, in a completely different country that, you know, it has a good grilling history, but isn't like what we're used to. Well, you know, obviously the whole thing takes place on a smaller scale because we're talking about a nation of 60 million people rather than 300 million people. (laughs) However, I guess there aren't a whole lot of American grilling authorities who are on Italian television and have several books uh, in Italian, including one written exclusively for the Italian market. Uh, So I guess I do sort of stand out somewhat, and my Italian is far from perfect, but... uh, Nonetheless, I did these master classes in Italian, and I do make an effort always to speak Italian. So um, I get a pretty warm reception there. How did the Barbecue University go? It went great. You know, people were super enthusiastic, and uh, Italians being Italians and enormously proud of their region. Uh, you know, people were bringing uh, uh, cookies from Sicily and uh, and focaccia from Liguria and wine from uh, the Piedmont. Mm. So it was a very, you know, I really got to enjoy their food culture as well as they're enjoying my food culture. Did you have a favorite dish while you were over there? Favorite dish? Yeah, it has nothing to do with barbecue. Uh, That's although fine. I will tell you a, a, a sick application you could do because I did it oh, once. But right. uh, there is a pasta dish famous in Rome called uh, Cacio Pepe. And uh, it is a pepper and uh, provolone cheese, uh, I'm sorry, um, pecorino cheese uh, pasta. The sauce is just simply uh, the cheese, pasta, water, and a little butter Mm. whipped together. It's fabulous beyond belief. So 
Um, that's delicious in, as a, in its own right. In the highly unlikely event you ever have any leftover, here's what you can do because I've done it. It comes out of the refrigerator kind of cold and congealed because the butter and uh, has uh, seized up. Uh, you put that mass tangle of noodles on a hot grill mm. and you grill it so the butter melts the noodles crisp and you make, in effect, a grilled noodle pancake. Mm. Um, I haven't done it in Italy yet. I, you know, I, I don't want to wear out my welcome. It's such a <laughs> radical idea, but I have done it at home. All right, uh, Stephen Reichler joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website, of course. You also spent a week in Portugal, uh, obviously another country I have never been to. So uh, Now, I have heard of uh, grilling traditions there, so talk to us a little bit about what the live fire experience is in Portugal. Well, first of all, I happen to be there during the height of sardine season. Mm-hmm. So sar- grilled sardines everywhere. And uh, these are beautiful silvery fish, nothing to do with the stuff we get in cans. Big, plump, I mean, you know, some of them are this big. Uh, You find them at street fairs that spring up in the parks. Um, You find them uh, in in neighborhoods. People set up little hibachi-like grills. Uh, And the only seasoning, the fish are grilled. They're very fatty. Uh, just with a sprinkling of coarse salt. However, I may have stumbled upon a secret, uh, and that is I watched a fisherman uh, unloading uh, a boat full of, uh, of sardines, and as he unloaded them, he kind of dumped them into a tub and sprinkled them in layers with salt. So you might have like a kind of a slight briny thing going on, uh, which adds extra flavor. Absolutely no sauce served on a, a coarse bread, almost like a semolina bread, uh, five euros for, uh, for, for two uh, sardines on a sandwich. Uh, have that with a beer, and, you know, that's a great Portuguese snack. What kind of a beef culture do they have over there? Um, they do raise cattle in Portugal. Uh, I did not have it, to be honest with you. I was really focused on the fish. Uh, we were down in the Algarve region, and the Algarve is uh, – their southern coast, it's actually in the Atlantic, but we found a number of restaurants, super simple places, right on the ocean, big uh, charcoal grill, um, just super simply uh, served a sauce, kind of a fried garlic olive oil sauce. Um, very simple, very delicious. Is it an American thing, Stephen, on the whole, <laughs> that we decide to push the boundaries and, and have all of these intricate recipes and flavor bombs and all that stuff. I mean, if you look at the other countries that you've been to, do they tend to go on more of the the uh, the, the thin string kind of a thought process? Well, it depends where you are. In Europe, grilling tends to be pretty simple. However, if you go to Southeast Asia, if you go to India, you go to Bali, um, in that part of the world, the food is every bit as elaborate uh, as it is with us. <laughs> Super flavorful marinades, basting sauces, fiery chili sambals. I mean, I think that's one reason I gravitate to that part of the world. Uh, the, the food, the grilling is never understated and never boring in those, part of the, those parts of the world. Stephen, let's quickly talk about grilling whole tenderloins because I know that was a blog post of yours, something that you're kind of talking about recently. And I've seen them, you know, I see them now more and more in Costco once I joined there a couple months ago and they have a great selection of beef over there, prime beef actually. I can get a whole tenderloin for, you know, 110 bucks or less. So, I mean, it seems like a lot, but I mean, it's a pretty decent sized piece you're of serving, beef. Yeah, you're serving eight people. Yeah. So, so what, do you, yeah. what do you like to do with it? Well, 
A couple things. I mean, uh, first of all, uh, trim it, oil it, salt and pepper it, uh, either directly on the grill and just grill. It's about four minutes, four to five minutes per side, 16 to 20 minutes in all. Uh, I'm actually doing a dish tomorrow night. I donated a class to a local charity, so uh, somebody bid on it. And I'm doing what I call the Reichland cheesesteak. Now, you may have seen mm. this one uh Project Smoke or Project Fire, but take your whole tenderloin, slit through the side to make a deep pocket, and in that pocket go grilled onions, grilled mushrooms, grilled peppers. Then you tie the whole shebang up. Uh, also provolone cheese, right? Because mm -hmm. think about it, Philly cheesesteak, right? Where do you have? You have peppers, you have mushrooms, you have onions, you have cheese. Uh, grill it the way I described. And then I like to serve it on grilled garlic bread with a chipotle mayonnaise. So uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a taking a simple cut. The great thing about uh, tenderloin, people always think of it as something very fancy and time-consuming. It's super easy. It's super quick. I mean, often if I get unexpected company and I want to shine, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. just tenderloin, 30 minutes of work, and you're, you got a beautiful piece of meat. You always uh, suggest to do it whole, or will you cut into filet mignon and do it that way? I like to do them whole. I think it's impressive. First of all, it's easier. It's less labor intensive. I think it's very impressive. Something about the act of starting with a large cut of meat and cutting it up and serving to people, it's very primal, you know, kind of back to our hunter-gatherer days when when the, 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 to lead the tribe, you got to feed the tribe, you know, the head hunter brings back a big hunk of meat and cuts it up for everybody in the community. Stephen Reichlin is back here on the Barbecue Central Show, his website, barbecuebible.com, of course, and the TV show Project Fire is currently on your television, so make an eye out for that and watch them as they progress along the season. Uh, Stephen, always appreciate the time, and welcome back. I look forward to talking to you next month. All right, bye -bye. there he is, Stephen Reichlin, right there. Look at that guy. Falling back into the fold very easily, traveling like, oh. Uh, 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 uh. Did I catch it? Hmm. I don't think I caught it. Oh, dear. Continuing to uh, stop it. Okay, now hold on a damn minute. Let me get back to... Uh, oh, 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 oh. Wow. I don't even know how that happened. Let's go back to here. There we go. Jeez Louise. What about? Make sure we got that there. Yeah? Right. Okay. Oh my. Now we're all set. Robin Lindar's coming up out of the break. That was Stephen Reichlin, barbecuebible.com. Project Fire on TV right now. All right, folks. Let me talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Oldest barbecue joint in Texas, owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue, and they slow smoke that over real Texas post oak wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too. All meats are processed right there on the on-site USDA facility. Trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options available. They ship nationwide via the FedEx. You can also pick them through food service distribution channels like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can also follow your recipes or help you develop something brand new. Private label opportunities also available. 
Visit southsidemarket.com for more information or to shop for yourself. And as you check out on southsidemarket.com, enter coupon code BBQCENTRAL. That's one word lowercase, BBQCENTRAL. Get 10% off your entire order, not just first order, all orders every time you go to southsidemarket.com. And that is promo code BBQCENTRAL. Do it! Hook up with that sausage slammer and the beef sausage. First, jalapeno cheddar sausage, too. Get those three, save 10%. Then let's have a conversation. Okay? Let me make sure I got Robin ready to go. She's ready to go. All right. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show is being brought to you by CookingPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookingPellets.com to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com as well if you would care to. Don't forget to download the Cooking Pellets app, C-O-O-K-I-N. Cookingpellets.com is the place to go. Chris Becker and the gang over there. I think we got Chris Becker locked up for next week, maybe the week after that. We'll see how it goes. Hey, the third Tuesday of the month also brings a visit from the creator of the realgirl.com website, Robin Lindars, joining us. Hey, Robin. I'm on Barbecue Central. Yeah, there's Scott Lindars. <laughs> oh, wait, he, he ran away. What happened? I thought we were going to get some... Like, what are you doing? And I was like, um, I'm on Barbecue Central, duh. Uh, yeah. He just walked in right as you were announcing me. Doesn't so he, he know that accidentally. I was on? I was mentioned on the Howard Stern show today, Scott. I mean, well, come on. Best like, day ever. a big deal. Yes. Such a big deal. That's so oh, awesome. Wee. Unbelievable. And it was like totally organic. I can't. I didn't even see any setup coming for it until all of a sudden there he said, Barbecue Central right there on the show. Stober shared it with me, and I was like, "OMG!" I know. We were texting about it. That's so cool. My heart was pitter patter. They're like, "How can you talk about barbecue for an hour <laughs> or two? <laughs> it's like a thing. No, oh, really, they right. do. <laughs> we are very in depth over here because there's a whole sub. I mean, how can you talk about two hours about anything? But somehow we've managed to do it for the last twelve years. But there's so much to talk about. Of course. That's- that that's why there's barbecue central radio there's so much things happening we have to do it every week and we have to do it live no other way to do it all right robin so man cheers to you i'm having a margarita with you thank you i'm just drinking water as usual keep it real so you have been like uh, a mover and a shaker for reels you left fort lauderdale are you out for good now right you left fort lauderdale we have left. We have left. Technically, we're in Hollywood, but that's yeah, like yeah. in the greater Fort Lauderdale area. Right. So yeah, um, we have left. I just got my last pod that was full of grills, which is why Scott's so annoyed with me right now because we just have so much shit and it's overwhelming him. And and I'm like trying to befriend my neighbors, like, hey, do you need a grill or an electric smoker or a jogging stroller? <laughs> you know? Or all of those things. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my goodness so what are you it's doing so with all stressful. of that it's so stressful and it's like my life feels so like discombobulated right now like i don't even know where my clothes are because i don't have a dresser because mm. 
people bought because like my old house, they bought a lot of our furniture. I just feel like I'm camping right now. <laughs> uh, are you, so are you like renting a house until some, till a, a point to be determined? Are we in the glamper right now? I mean, what are we doing? We actually have the glamper parked out in the front yard and our duck boat parked out front, just like little, I guess, rednecks that we are. And yeah. where we rented a house, we fit just right in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we rented a house in North Fort Myers on the Caloosahatchee River. And it's actually a really sweet gig. And, you know, originally I was being kind of negative about the house because it has this really ugly kitchen and you know, I oh. just, it was just hard for me, even though I just, but the house is really awesome. And, um, you guys are going to see some really kick-ass like backyard shots with a river behind it when I'm grilling, hmm. which is going to be really sweet. Well, I think, you know, if we're honest, there are probably few houses in the country that had a kitchen set up like you guys had. I mean, it was pretty, pretty badass. It was really awesome, yeah. and I will tell you that that was a lot of our sweat equity oh, is bet. that we put a shitload of time into that house, and that's why we're doing this because we like that stuff. We just are <laughs> like into that kind of stuff, you know, like Scott's into his gear room and his duck hunting, and like I respect that he's into his stuff. I have like way too many grills, and then that takes up a lot of room. <laughs> so are, do you just have like pods set around the house and it's just going to stay like that and you go in and out of the pods as needed to get your stuff or you're not going to like kind of semi move into this place until you're are you, are you assume you're building well, they pick a house it up. they just drop it off and you get your shit out and they pick it back up oh, so oh, we just oh, had like oh. we had staged our pods yeah and we originally only ordered two and then when we started loading all of our grills in we ran out of room and had to order a third pod huh. so yeah, so that's why I've been grilling on my hibachi grill all week because that's all I had, but I was really enjoying it. All right. My my Lodge Sportsman, if you guys have ever seen it, it's like this really yeah, cute yeah. Um, cast iron hibachi grill, which is so fun to cook on, and it's super portable. I'm trying to figure out where we want to go because, I mean, we could just talk all night about 20 <laughs> acres of like nothing and how you get. So, um, but maybe we can get into that here at the end. So let's talk. Uh, a, a little bit. No, it's the, crazy over here. It's like oh. we, there's a lot of interesting, fun stuff to talk about. Just discovering a new part of Florida because Florida is such a crazy, funny state. Anyway, so yeah. the, hashtag the Florida Chronicles with Robin. Yes, all right. Hashtag uh, Pioneer Woman of Punta Gorda. Punta Gorda. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Reed Drummond <laughs> might take issue with that, but I'll run with it until she decides to no, file season. Yeah, yeah. yeah Punta, Punta Gorda. So uh, let's talk about the YouTube video or the, uh, what are you, you're calling them, grilling classes, I guess, that you put yeah. online here. Was it last week or the week before? It was pretty recently. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was last week. All right. So we finally got it ready to go. You've uh, unveiled these to the general watching public. So let's talk a little bit about concept-wise. You know, in an age and a day or a day and age where – Master classes are out. Uh, there's this whole new thing in the barbecue sphere that is like master class, but it's only barbecue people. And you're paying either per class or you're paying a yearly subscription to have access to everything. Why dump a bunch of really well produced videos? Uh, short, of course. But uh, did you think about charging for these at all or was it like, no way? Actually, the intended purpose was we when we did it, we weren't totally sure what we were going to do with them. But um, I had the opportunity to film with 
my business partner slash also my manager, Garrett Bess, because he was in town in Miami. And we're like, let's just do some videos together because hmm. I needed I didn't have really any YouTube content that I had filmed with him or any content really other than stuff we'd done for like a sizzle reel and like really highly, highly sponsored stuff. And I was like, Let, why don't we do something where I don't have to be like having to hack a sponsor and like do what we really want to do. And I financed some of it and so did he. And we just mm. filmed some really great videos and we were like, you know, could we offer a class? Maybe we have been toying around with like subscription models of things. And we went through a couple paths and he even talked to a friend of his that was um, like a, uh, you know, someone that could be a potential investor in things. And we were just, we just decided that, you know what, everyone's trying to charge for content and that's not always the play the play is sometimes about empowering others. And, and that's what these videos are about is that, you know, and also the idea too, is that I used to do these women's grilling clinics way back in the day. And, um, I didn't do as many after I had a kid because my life got super busy because they were also a lot of work. I did so much food prep. I was like the one, the one gal, it was like doing a small catering gig and then teaching. (laughs) It was just a lot, you know? And so, Um, I just physically, you know, keeping a day job and whatnot also just couldn't do that full time. And I I never did it for the money to do those classes. I did them for the greater good, but they just, you couldn't do them all the time. It was just like very taxing. So I liked the idea of being able, and, but I would do them sometimes on the road. I did a women's grilling clinic in Knoxville, um, Chris Grove from Nibble Me This. And then I've done a couple on the road with sponsors and things like that. But I thought the idea would be like, now you can be empowered to learn this stuff anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to come and like set up eight grills and have the class physically there. Like if you want to learn information should be at your fingertips. Mm. Albeit while my grilling clinics are awesome and we drink a lot of wine and a lot of really good socialization goes on and networking and just like fun times. Um, this is about like, if you want to learn to grill, look at me. I'm Robin. I'm a total pipsqueak. And if I can do it, you can do it too. And here's the basics. And once you get the basics down, mm. now you can be a total badass in your backyard, you know, and, um, and the basics should be available to everyone so they can empower themselves to get to cook, cook outdoors and have that experience. Cause it's awesome and fun. So did you and your, uh, like co-investor or co-financier, uh, storyboard, what you wanted to actually shoot and are you able to knock these out all in one take ish where you're able to, you know, maybe it's a little longer than two or three minutes and then you edit out what you want to, to get it down to the consumable time. Yes. And those are all good questions because, you know, and from you doing the show for so long, Greg and producing it yourself, there's so much that goes into it. Even just, that's why people don't realize like it's very easy to produce a, a food video where all you do is put the camera looking at the ingredients and you go like this and then you edit it down. But being an on-screen personality, it's actually pretty hard while also trying to like, remember all the shit you're supposed to say and look at the right camera angle and blah, 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 you know? So there's all of those things that you have to take into account when you do storyboard, which is like, here's the ingredients I want. Here's the way I want them shot blah, 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 you know, like you kind of are doing all these different parts. So you have to kind of plan all of these things out to be super productive when you're filming videos. And also if you don't have a food stylist 
you better like you're gonna have to do a shitload of prep which means you're probably not gonna be super energetic the next day on camera because your ass is worn out from prepping so much food Mm. so these are all things to like think about like what kind of budget do i have to do things like hire a food stylist or you know whatever it might be and so i think those are the things that can go into uh, like that kind of production, you know, like does it do those things warrant like how much we have to charge to do this level of production as well. Like, like almost like Garrett himself has filmed on a lot of um, for a lot of like food type TV shows, like the food network and whatnot. And so that the production value, it's very expensive to Mm -hmm. do it. You know, you get like a, a grip and they have like the, the truck that shows up and pulls a shitload of equipment out which in all fairness these days you don't even need to have because everyone's doing such a good job like doing stuff at home with a tripod but this is still like like that's what you see when you when you get to that when you do that level of production well i think if you look at like if i shot a video on my iphone or i did a tripod you know i took some of my studio lights out i mean i could make it look good to a certain point but if you watch your videos i mean just the intro and the edits and the way that it sounds like you sound like you are professionally mic'd up because you're professionally mic'd up or they got a, a boom just off to the side of you or something like that. Yes. So, I mean, it is very, uh, very TV-esque in its production. So for yes. as good as you can make it on a shoestring to spend the money, I mean, there's a, a tangible difference in the end product. Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes a difference in... Yeah, you know, and so I hope they I hope they do well and I just hope that honestly they help educate people and like I'm here to spread the gospel of like how awesome it is to be out here grilling, um, socializing, meeting cool people that like this like you know what, I feel like the world is very divided these days, but it's something that everyone loves to do is just like cook outdoors and have like a cookout or, you know, and if you smoke smoke whatever it is even awesome, even more awesome. You know what I mean? But I feel like it's like, it's a positive thing to put out there. So I hope people embrace it. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? Yes, I have. Oh yeah. I just, um, I'm such a rambler. I'd probably be great at it because I'm just, I can just ramble and get off topic and come back to it. (laughs) Like how how do you, how do you see the grill girl? Some people might call that ADD. Maybe Which could work against or yeah. in my favor. I don't know. Depends on uh, what audience you're looking to, to catch with that hook. But like, how do you conceptualize that podcast looking? Would it be food based or would it just be the the chronicles of Grill Girl? Or I mean, would you put a podcast starting tomorrow about how you guys are starting to overtake Punta Gorda and build from the ground up? What do you think? No, well, I think that I can document that in other ways and, and pepper that in. But I think if I did a podcast, it would be like maybe um, I would I would almost like want it to be like the view where you have like regular people that you you kind of say like, let's what do you feel like about this topic? You know, and then we all discuss and have banter. Um, I can be kind of more the moderator and add funny jokes and um but you know so it's kind of almost more like a I don't want to say a variety show but yeah like we get together and we kind of hash stuff out mm. and you know you may not always have the same people but you might have like common lineup like like when you see on like impractical jokers you always have like the same four guys yeah that <laughs> what an interesting um analogy but I don't know I think it yeah I don't know yeah I, that's sort of what I always envision like you and me and 
maybe John Solberg. We kind of just have like, we just dork out and we're like, let's talk about today. We're going to talk about the best way to start a charcoal fire. And John might be like, uh, I love a flamethrower. And you might be like, no, I just love using my loof lighter. And we could just like hash out about really silly dorky stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So, that grilling dorks like ourselves would yeah. hopefully enjoy. So do you think it's going to happen, or is it just like a good concept to keep in your brain for now? No, let's do it. I think we should. Oh, all right. Um, and I am working on a – I'm being a lot more strategic with Grill Girl now. I'm thinking right. of it a lot less like a blog, and really what it really is is um, a media company and a publisher – uh-huh. And which you've seen with a lot more variety on my site, it's yeah. just not just Robin. It's like I've got recipes coming and tutorials coming from lots of different perspectives, um, which I think is is fun. Hmm. Um, and yeah, so so yeah, I think there's some opportunity there, and it would be something that I know a lot of potential sponsors would like. I think podcasts are very popular right now too, and I think that there would be a lot of I think I would do well on a podcast because I'm crazy. <laughs> well, all right. That's one way to bill yourself. I'm crazy. Um, uh, before I let you but go, Robin. Yeah, crazy in a good way, of course. Well, I mean, there's, it's, uh, there's hard to find bad crazy. So uh, just uh, real quick before I let you go. But like, not what, like crazy ex-girlfriend, like fun, crazy neighbor next door. Yeah, crazy like a fox. <laughs> right. Maybe. What are you uh, like? What are you into cooking right now? I don't know. This sounds crazy, but this sounds crazy, but I've been thinking that I want to, um, catch some fish in the canal and the river behind my house. What's in there? Um, the guy that unloaded, one of the guys that unloaded my pod was like, he comes over and he's like, Oh damn, this is a great place to fish. He's like the, where the canal and the river hit. He was, <laughs> he was cracking me up and I was like, Oh, you're right. I never thought about that. So, um, I don't know. I think if I could catch maybe like a snapper, I don't think you can cook snook. I'm not totally sure. Uh, I want to like catch something from the canal and cook it and say I caught it myself. And so that's like my, my new thing that I want to try. Do you like to, do you think you would like to fish? I um, did a little bit of fly fishing in college back in the day. So um, I think that I could, you know, I thought it might be fun to paddleboard in that river too, but then my neighbor said that there was a 16 foot alligator that, that lived there and <laughs> that it was like nesting season. And I was like, Oh fuck, I'm definitely not going to do that now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so was he just saying that to be a funny guy? I mean, no, that's true. She's like, don't let your dog swim in the river. Oh. I've seen like a 16 foot alligator. And yeah. I was like, Oh, thanks. And she's like, don't let, you know, Obviously, don't let your kids swim in the river, too. So. Yeah, right. If you're not going to let the dog swim, don't let hunters swim in the river. Yeah. That, that would be bad. Uh, all right. So uh, if you catch a snapper or whatever fish you may or may not get, depending on if the alligator decides to eat it or let you have it, uh, <laughs> let's uh, whip up a recipe that you can share next month for uh, for fish season, all right? Let's do it. All right. So you can We're find a smoked mullet, which is, is like a traditional South Florida smoked fish dip. Okay. Which, yeah, yeah that's a mullet. good one. That'll be a backup if I don't catch anything. Cause uh, I think I can catch these mullet with a net. All right. Yeah. Mullets with a net probably 
That, that'd be nice and uh, that, that's kind of a, a sure thing, I think, right? If you can catch it with a it net. It sounds like more of a sure thing than, <laughs> than me fishing. Right. Uh, grillgirl.com is the website. You can follow her on Instagram at grillgirlrobin, currently 16,200 followers and climbing. And you find her here on the Barbecue Central Show the third Tuesday of every month, Robin. Thanks so much. And Love we'll see friend. you again next month. Love you. I like, I like the podcast idea. Hey, thank you. Thank you. There she is. <laughs> Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl. Uh, again, the website, grillgirl.com. And uh, check out the new videos if you have not seen them yet. I got to make sure that I hit the right button here. Because stop, right? There we go. Um, yeah. If you go to grillgirl.com, I believe they're right there on the front page, or there's a link uh, for um Grilling School or Grill School Videos, however she has them titled. And there's a good uh, six, seven, eight of those. Um, You know, if you are a fairly adept griller at the moment, you know accessories and you have the right tools and you know how to start a fire, some of them might be a little repetitive. However, if you're just getting into it or you're just finding the show because the Howard Stern Show mentioned it today by name... And you're like, hey, I think I want to find out more about this live fire stuff. Then you want to check out Robin's videos because she breaks it all the way down from the very beginning on how to even start a chimney of charcoal. Talks about briquettes and lump. And she actually gets into cooking stuff, too. So she'll get you acclimated pretty quickly. Again, that's grillgirl.com. Check it out. We are getting a wrap, uh, getting ready to wrap the first hour here. If you have any questions you would like me to answer or you would like to ask the upcoming guests next hour, greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the email address. You can also call in at 216-220-0966. Live feeds on YouTube and Facebook for the video side, tunein.com for the audio only, which is truly how the show is meant to be heard in its live format, but video as well as requested by the loyal centralites so uh, check those out and we'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this stick around we'll be right back advice on cooking brisket and ribs and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue it's the barbecue central show welcome back and thanks to robin lindars for joining me last segment again her website growgirl.com check out the new videos if you haven't we may or may not be in for a smoked mullet dip recipe next month or some kind of a smoked fish. I don't remember if she said 
grouper is a real big fish, right? Did she say snapper? That seems like a big fish to me, too, but I don't understand fishing at all. Uh, Brian Ashman asking, who does the intro voice? <laughs> Come on, Brian. Everybody knows who that is. That's the Lee Monster, David Lee. David Lee Imaging. Check him out. You can Facebook him or get at him on the worldwide internet. He's uh, the voice of uh, what was Westwood One back in the day. It's Dial Global or whatever the hell it is now. Uh, professional bull riding, motocross, all of the clear channel stuff. That's who does it, Brian. David Lee. His last name is, like, real hard to say. I don't even know if he knows how to say it. So he just shortened it up to Lee. But that's who it is. A real voice professional. Sean81073. Am I still recording intros? Yes. And we're out.